unsurprisingly, is heading back to the beach tomorrow to battle his beach chair. After a short trip on Air Force One, I wonder if Hunter will be on it, probably. But as NPR, that's National Public Radio, finally points out, Biden is now routine, routinely taking the short stairs up to the plane, something this show noticed a very long time ago. From the NPR article, it says, quote, there's been a dramatic change since June. That's when Biden tripped over a sandbag and fell on stage. Here now with more Fox News contributor Newt Gingrich. Mr. Speaker, thanks for being here. When you read that article from NPR, it's always weeks and months later, they begrudgingly admit things that are just painfully obvious. Uh, they don't lay out much. They say, you know, other presidents did this, even though the one time they could think of is Barack Obama going to China in 2016. And it was almost an international insult that they didn't have the red carpet and the stairs prepared for him. It was seen as a backhand. So what does this, amongst everything else, tell you about the trajectory of this presidency, fledgling? Well, look, I, I thought his performance in Maui was so bad, he was so clearly out of it, that frankly, I think it's frightening. This is not about politics and scoring points. This is the commander-in-chief of the most pow powerful military in the world, and it's clear that at least half the time, uh, he's just not there. I mean, that month mm -hmm. by month, his cognitive collapse is more and more obvious. Uh, the Associated Press just reported that 77% of all Americans, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, 77% now believe that Biden is too old to run for re-election. I suspect by next summer that number will be in the 90s because once this starts, it's just going to get steadily worse. He's clearly in cognitive decline. He's clear, in fact, makes me wonder who's making the real decisions at the White House. It's because true. obviously Joe Biden is not. He's not capable of it. All right, welcome back on this Monday. I hope everybody had a long and lovely weekend. Hopefully you had the day off yesterday. You got to spend a little extra time with the family or relaxing or whatever it is you felt like doing. It's always nice to get a little bit of a break. Uh, Joe Biden uh, obviously is in mental decline and physical decline, and he's taking the short... The short stairs up to Air Force One. I mean, I, I don't really think any of this is something that is <clears throat> breaking news to any of you. I'm pretty sure that you're very aware of his current condition. Um, I think more and more people, I agree with Newt Gingrich, more and more people will be aware, uh, more and more aware, as we go into next year. By next summer, you know, getting right before election, uh, if he's still the nominee... And I don't think they have much of a choice there, but, you know, like there still is time for them to substitute somebody else in there. If he's still the nominee to, for the Democratic Party, uh, you're going to see more and more of this on the campaign trail. They can only do so much to cover up what's happening. It gets to a point where uh, the, best, the best way to cover for his problems are going to be just him being there, going out there and having somebody else speak for him, come out and get him get the rally started and oh my my good old pal old buddy old pal Baroxer to to talk for me today to let you know that I'm your guy and step back and then have people just make sure that he's in the right frame of mind before he gets back on the microphone again or something there there's only so much you can do to hide his condition and uh well I mean we'll see how that goes in the summer I think the big million dollar question there is and I don't uh everybody has a different theory and everybody has a different opinion on it uh, is who's actually running the country. You know, there, there's, uh, yeah, 
Democrats, at least the ones up in that level, you know, we're talking about politicians. Uh, you know, they're not real good with sharing power. Yes, they'll unite on causes to get their desired results, uh, but they're not real good with sharing. So there has to be one particular person. And like I said, everybody has an opinion and everybody has a thought on it, but there's no confirmation one way or the other who's actually making the decisions for the country. Some people say it's Obama behind the scenes. Other people say it's Rice. You have other people say it's different members of the cabinet. Uh, I've even heard some people say it's possibly Jill Biden, which is a stretch in itself, but uh, nobody knows for sure. But I think that's the million-dollar question is who's actually making the decisions here? Who's actually making the calls? Uh, And is it simply just the Democrats or are the Democrats and your rhino Republicans up there at the top, are they working collectively to steer the country in the direction that they actually want it to go in? It's hard to say. Uh, and, and nobody could give you an honest answer. Nobody knows. The only people that know are the ones actually doing it, and it's not like they're going to come out and say anything to you about it. I mean, that would be <laughs> slightly disastrous. As we get closer and closer to election, you know, I think uh, it's going to get real interesting real fast. I mean, uh, not you know, everything going on with Donald Trump's you know, set aside, uh, just everything with the Democratic Party. I mean, you've already had some calls uh, for Joe Biden not to do it if – the percentage of Democratic Americans continues to rise on the ones that do not want Joe Biden to run or think he is too old to run again, there are going to be serious discussions behind the scenes on whether or not they should run him. Because ultimately their goal is to retain power. And if they don't think he's the guy that's going to do that, then they'll get somebody else. If they leave him in there and Donald Trump is a nominee, this is probably the biggest rematch in history. You know, and the question is, how does it turn out? Does it turn out the same way or do we have a different result? Because I doubt any of the people that voted for Joe Biden last time are all of a sudden going to go, oh, that's it. Trump's the guy. I love him now. God love him. I love him. I'm going to vote for him. No, I, don't, I don't think it's going to go that way. Uh, and maybe some people will. But in the states, the key states, swing states that we need them in, that we need to change those numbers by anywhere from maybe as low as 10 to as high as, you know, 50, 60,000 people. Can you pull 50, 60,000 people in those states over to your side to make Donald Trump the clear winner? And that's, that's going to be difficult. And it's going to be a tough, tough sale there. Uh, more than likely, and, and again, there's varying opinions on this too, but at least my opinion is I think that people that no longer support Joe Biden – um, and maybe are not happy with the economy, may just throw their hands up and say, I'm not going to vote, and they will just stay home and let the chips fall where they fall. That, that's, that is what I think potentially could happen, is you get to a point where they don't like either candidate, so they just don't show up. And however it plays out, it plays out. Because one thing for sure is, if you did vote for Biden, there's no way that you're possibly happy with the way the economy is right now. You cannot be happy with the way that the border is. You can't be happy with the amount of money that we're spending overseas and we're not helping our own people here in the United States. Just, it's not realistic to think that most of these Democrats are happy. And especially if you're a moderate Democrat, you definitely got to feel like your party has left you in the dust. Is that There is no such thing as a moderate Democrat anymore. If you still support that party, then you are a radical left. Uh, if you don't, agree with the radical left, 
you should change your party and go to be an independent because that's what you are now. Whether you wanted to be that or not, unfortunately, your party has left you in the dust. Anyways, should be an interesting, uh, what we, well, we're, what, September now? Jesus, it's going so fast. 14 months. And over the course of the next 14 months, it should be interesting. But I would say realistically, over the course of the next, say, eight months, I think, you know, that that's moving and shaking and Trump and things happening with Trump and Biden. I think the next eight months should be pretty busy and pretty interesting as everything begins to unfold. All right, the U.S. Special Operations Command, USSOCOM, has enlisted the services of uh, AI. It's a New York-based company. Uh, It's Accrete, or yeah, I think it's Accrete AI. It's a New York-based company that implements a software solution designed for identifying real-time disinformation hazards across social media platforms. We are at the dawn of an entirely new type of conflict between rapid advances in artificial intelligence. The press release announcing the partnership reads, the uh, Accrete AI's Argus uh, anomaly detects AI software, meticulously examines data from social media, effectively capturing uh, emerging narratives and subsequently produces intelligence reports. These reports empower military units to swiftly counteract disinformation threats. The U.S. Department of Defense initially joined forces with Accrete under the licensing contract for the Argus platform in November of 2022. Additionally, the company disclosed its upcoming launch of an enterprise edition of the Argus Social for detecting disinformation slated for later this year. The AI software is also geared towards safeguarding against urgent customer pain points, including viral disinformation and deep fakes. The AI can be programmed by the government to comprehend probable social media narratives before they, <clears throat> before they exert an influence on behaviors. The Nebula Social Solutions as outlined by the company, aids customers in managing risks associated with AI-generated media, such as smear campaigns. Furthermore, it uh, autonomously generates swift, pertinent content to counteract such malicious attacks. What you should be gathering from what I'm telling you is that the government, Joe Biden's current government, is now working with a company that's going to produce an AI tool that has obviously been uh, programmed by lefties in Silicon Valley. Uh, although it's a company's based in New York, usually everybody gets their stuff out of Silicon Valley. And it's going to look for what it deems to be misinformation and or disinformation and work to either suppress it or to counteract and uh, try to stop it. Okay, Who gets to decide what misinformation or disinformation is. That's going to be the main problem we're about to have here. So if you find out some more stuff about Hunter Biden and his crack ex, his, his uh, diaries or memoirs of a crack monster, and we find out more about what he's been doing and his shady business dealings with countries all over the world to enrich himself and his family, uh, is AI going to say that this is misinformation and or disinformation and try to counteract it, uh, suppress it, uh, shadow bandit, shadow block it so you don't see it. I mean, w- where is this going to stop? The government is going to do the best that they can to try to stop this. Uh, what we just talked about, Joe Biden having mental problems. That's something that they're going to consider misinformation and or disinformation. 
These questions really are rhetorical because I think we all know the honest answer to them, which is going to be yes. Anything that will support their side, it's going to get uh, harder and harder for us to see the truth. That you're going to have these AI bots programs are going to be running 24-7 looking to suppress information. You know, the, it, it's going to be more and more difficult as we move into the future with AI and with who's running the government and who really is running a lot of these AI companies for us to get truth anymore. Truth is going to be something very difficult to obtain. People like myself that does the best that I can to provide you as many facts as I can find. And of course, I give you my opinions and thoughts on things. This is an opinion-based show. It's a thought-based show. It's commentary. You know, I don't, uh, I'm not an expert in any particular field, but you get my opinion on how I feel and which way I lean politically. Am I going to be considered disinformation because something that I say, which is opinion-based, they consider to be, uh, I'm misinforming you. I'm I'm disenfranchising you by lying to you. Not to do with lying, it has to do with the way that I see things, the way that I understand things. So I think it's going to be harder and harder, even for people like myself, small people, because I, we're the easiest ones to go after. Who who is ever going to miss this show? You know, to be honest with you, I know I have some some people here that are constant, but uh, in all honesty, if if I didn't show up to do an episode and just kind of dropped off the face of the planet because one day I got fed up and said, ah, oh, you know what? It's not going the way I wanted it to. And it, I'm just not making it. I've been spending and spending and spending and I'm not recouping my money and I'm just done. There probably would be a handful of people that would reach out to me and I'd explain it to them. And the rest of them would just be like, huh, I guess he's done. That's it. So we would be easy to pick off the bigger, the bigger guys are going to be a little bit more difficult. You got, you got people like, uh, uh, yeah, what big audiences? Say like a Sean Hannity, uh, yeah, a, a Glenn Beck, uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Mark Levin and and Clay and, and Buck. I mean, the, millions and millions of people listen to these guys. Be a lot harder to just all of a shut, sudden shut these guys down, and it's like, where the hell did they go? It's going to cause too much of an uproar. All of us little people, yeah, we would be easy to just all of a sudden you're one day you're here and the next day you're gone. And we're being either shadow banned or we're just being uh, completely shut down because we are now being labeled to be misinformation or disinformation sites. And we are told it's time to shut down. Dangerous tools, dangerous times that we go into because it's going to be so hard to find the truth. Uh, you, you do the best you can to find reliable sources. People that are bringing you, you know, honesty. Yeah, you find them entertaining. At least the information they're bringing you is honest. Uh, and hold on to them the best you can spread it out, spread, you know, by word of mouth with other people. Hey, you should check this guy out. You know, check this lady out. She's, she's pretty good. She's pretty smart. She's entertaining to listen to, you know, she's got good information. Most importantly, she's been consistent when I listen to her and, uh, she tries to bring you truthful information. So people have somebody to listen to because it's going to get more and more difficult as we move forward to find people that you can get real information from, especially with an election coming up. The same thing happened last time. How much did they suppress last time? And it looks like they're gearing up to do a lot of suppressing coming up in the next 14 months because this is a big moment in American history where, you know, we continue down this, this path we're going down, which is an ugly, ugly path, or 
we put somebody in there that will course correct and pull us back out of the mud here and hopefully uh, get us back on track and going in a good direction. Yeah, it's Wolf. We're in dangerous times. We are in dangerous times. Governor Kemp, there's been calls for Fannie Willis to be impeached and be removed. Fulton County DA that's bringing up all these nonsense charges against Trump. But Georgia's governor, Brian Kemp, Georgia, pay attention now, stood by the Fulton County District Attorney, Fannie Willis, and dismissed the Republicans' calls to impeach Willis over her 41-count indictment against former President Donald Trump and 18 others. Kemp dismissed the calls to impeach Willis as political theater during a press conference last week on Thursday. In mid-August, Georgia's State Senator Colton Moore, a Republican, announced an initiative to begin an emergency session to investigate Willis, but... Kemp rejected Moore's calls for an investigation, arguing that a special session would ignore current Georgia law and directly interfere with the proceedings of a separate but equal branch of government. Uh, And if you want to hear it for yourself, here it is. Uh, I did want to take just a few minutes to speak to some history that's trying to repeat itself over the last few days here in Georgia. Uh, Many of you will recall that in the final weeks of 2020, I clearly and repeatedly said that I would not be calling a special session of the General Assembly to overturn the 2020 election results because such an action would have been unconstitutional. It was that simple. Fast forward today, nearly three years later, memories are fading fast. There have been calls by one individual in the General Assembly and echoed outside of, the, of these walls by the former president for a special session that would ignore current Georgia law and directly interfere with the proceedings of a separate but equal branch of government. Up to this point, I have not seen any evidence that D.A. Willis's actions or lack thereof warrant action by the Prosecuting Attorney Oversight Commission, but that will ultimately be a decision that the commission will make. Regardless, in my mind, a special session of the General Assembly to end run around this law is not feasible and may ultimately prove to be unconstitutional. The bottom line is that in the state of Georgia, as long as I'm governor, we're going to follow the law and the Constitution, regardless of who it helps or harms politically. Now, I am of the opinion that if you have done something wrong by law, you pay the penalty then it doesn't matter who you are. And I, I agree with that a hundred percent. doesn't matter if you're a former president. It doesn't matter if you're the most liked president of the United States. That none of that matters. If you've actually done something wrong, then yes, I agree that you should pay the price for what you have done. However, what I think Brian Kemp is failing to understand here is if you look at the charges that they are bringing up on Trump, I think most people agree this is all nonsense. I mean, I know the left, you'll never get an honest answer out of them, so they're just going to rub their little hands together and tap their toes, and hey, we got them. We got a mug shot, man. We're doing good. Okay. In reality, if you look at the charges being brought against them, these, these are charges that are really designed more for, like, mob bosses. <laughs> I mean, I, a lot of these charges are, are simply ridiculous. I think this is, a, this is political theater. You're wasting taxpayers' time and money 
Uh, what is the harm in calling a special session to get everybody together to talk about it, to have the evidence laid out in front of them that you want to say that Trump did something wrong? Kemp doesn't like Trump because Kemp feels that Trump put him on the spot in the 2020 election and doesn't like the way he was treated there. So Kemp's not going to go out of his way to help Trump. And to be perfectly honest with you, that's wrong. Because now Kemp, it is for political uh, for him. You're only not helping somebody because you don't like them or you're displeased with them. You're unhappy with the way things played out. You don't like what Trump did. That is plain and simple where that's at. To call a special session and to have everybody lay out the evidence, I think you'd find out pretty quickly that the uh, nonsense charges that Fannie Willis is trying to charge Donald Trump with, should she should be removed and let somebody else come in there, appoint somebody else that'll look them over and see, hey, can you actually move forward with this or is this literally a waste of taxpayers' dollars and time? Not to mention then you're persecuting somebody unjustly and the justice system's not working. It's broken. You know, it makes you wonder if he was convicted in Georgia, would Kemp pardon Donald Trump? No matter what pressure he was under, do you think he'd pardon him or you you think you'd let him sit in jail? I would like to think that under the circumstance he would actually pardon him especially because they're such nonsense charges. But after making a statement like that, that he's not even willing to look into or to call a special session in, I mean, most of these people don't work that much. I don't know about uh, what you know about politicians, but they don't work as much as you think they work. They, they like to act like they're so busy doing stuff all the time. You know, they have more time off than pretty much anybody I've ever met in a government job. And government jobs already get a lot of time off. Pretty much get every every holiday off plus, Okay. Uh, when you're a politician, you, you got a whole lot of extra time on your hands uh, and you're making a pretty good salary while you're doing it. Uh, so what's the harm of calling them in? I just don't think Kemp will do the right thing. I don't think he would do the right thing in investigating into it, making sure that this is not a political hit job because that's sure what it looks like to everybody else but him apparently. Uh, and he's he's not interested in helping out. I got to tell you, Trump is so, he's such a force to deal with. Republicans don't like him because he holds their feet to the fire. He, he shows people their flaws, and they don't like that, all these rhinos. Democrats hate him because he destroys the direction they're trying to take things in. He destroyed Barack's direction when, within a short couple years. He could certainly do it again. They're doing everything in their power to keep this man from running. Uh, I think that what they would like ultimately is I think they'd like to convict him on something, have him sitting in a cell and running for president in a cell, you know, or forcing us to change up. I feel like the Democrats believe they can beat Trump. I really do. I think that they're scared of him because they know it's a toss up, but I think somewhere deep inside, they still think that just like I said, you know, what are the chances that they, they get the votes that they need in the right places? Uh, so I think that they feel like they can beat Trump. I think they're more scared of some of the other candidates feeling like they can't beat some of the other candidates, that the other candidates may actually do well enough because you'd have the moderates and the independents jump on board with somebody that wasn't Trump that they would lose the White House. The question is, what candidate do you have that could be the force that Trump is? That's that's a hard question. I mean, uh, you you can pretty much say, I think a lot of people would say the next in line would be Donald Trump, maybe Vivek. You know, I don't know that much about Vivek. I've said that multiple times. I don't care to look into him because I don't think that he's going to be the guy. 
Uh, Ron DeSantis, I do know. I do know what he's done for Florida. There's a lot of people that don't like Ron DeSantis. You know, and that's growing steadily, which is a little awkward to me. Uh, I, I, th- I don't know if it's that they don't like him or they like Trump more and they feel that he is not doing the right thing because a lot of people that I saw that actually supported Trump, I mean supported DeSantis, are now against him, which, I, which to me is weird. If you supported him for governor, the only reason you wouldn't support him for president will be maybe because you want Donald Trump, but that doesn't mean you got to trash the man at the same time. You know, I, I think, and I've said this over and over, I probably sound like a broken record, but I voted for him to do four more years as governor. I'd like him to finish the job. That's my opinion. He's entitled to he's yeah, entitled to do whatever he wants to do. But that's what if I voted for you for four more years, stay what stay doing what I wanted you, what I hired you to do. That's what I think. Uh, but some people, you know, they don't feel the way that I feel <laughs> at all. So, anyways, uh, I hope you liked today's episode. Uh, uh, if you'd like to reach out to me at all, you know where to find me at. Uh, beyond that, I hope you have a beautiful Tuesday, and we will do it again. Tomorrow.